You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Big lead. First up from a spell in a 26-1 third quarter. Captain Ravishing into the straight. 25 metres to he's a son of a gun. Invitation only. Celestio Matuka. Haranya's running on. But he's a real star and he's back tonight with a big 20-23 in front of him. And Captain Ravishing wins by 20 metres. Yeah, that was one of his devastating wins, of course. He gets talked about a lot. He's got a lot of ability, but obviously it's not all plain sailing with the horse. And he's got a key trial, which Chris Barsby will elaborate on during uh, the show this morning a bit later but uh, Chris is with us now and first guest Chris is with us Jonah Hutchinson Hey Steve, good morning to you. Good morning everyone. We go harness racing tonight at Redcliffe, eight races and we kick off at 5.51 and as you just mentioned Jonah Hutchison is about to join us. He's got a number of good drives tonight, five in total, many of which are coming from his own stable and he joins us online now. Jonah, appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks for having me on Chris. Uh, Fabro in race one, he's somewhat of a track specialist. He draws the inside of the second row here tonight. What are the expectations? Yeah, he, he's been racing pretty well. And he's, as you said, he's a very consistent horse. He just flies under the radar and constantly earns checks. So hopefully the one can hold up and we'd, we'd be thereabouts. All right. He was good winning two starts ago, finished off in really good numbers. Last time out, he was fifth. That was against October Racketeer. Were you just a little disappointed with the effort that night? Yeah, look, he's sort of coming towards the end of his prep. We're sort of going to weigh up after tonight, whether he just goes out for a couple of weeks. But, um, look, every every week he does have a go. So if if he's close enough, he'll be good enough. All right, so the start's important. If the one holds up, it brings you right into the race. As far as dangers are concerned, you're obviously looking at Lulu Lucifer, JT Tyron, Rockney Ends going well, Smirks like a boss. Do they loom as the hardest to beat? Yeah, definitely. It, it's it's one of them races where, like, there, there's a few that could lead and you sort of don't know quite how far back you'll end up on the fence, but you sort of hope you can be as close as possible. All right. Well, there's no standout in race one. So you've got barrier seven there. You've got that same gate in the next race, race two, Riverina Flash. Um, is, is it very much like Favreau where you're hoping that the one can sort of hold up or how do you sort of read it with Riverina Flash? Yeah, it, it, it's a bit hard with this horse as he, he lacks that little bit of early speed out of the gate. But he's, he's been knocking on the door, honestly. His work has been unreal at home and he's, he's been putting up nice last halves in those low grades so he sort of he sort of just needs a bit of luck on his side and he'll win one he's just been knocking on the door but having zero luck getting buried away or having to come wide okay he, he's yet to win since coming up to queensland but he is a son of mr feelgood so if he does win is there a cubred bonus attached with this guy i don't believe so no i think i think he might have been um bred down in New South Wales back before they had the um, Q-bred stallion sort of scheme. So, yeah, I don't believe there is one with him. Okay. Rolling gold, is that the obvious one to beat there in race two? Yeah. Yeah, look, there's there's plenty that can win, but um, I'm I'm pretty confident with my fellow. If he he gets the right run, it'll be be a hard beat because, like, as I said, he's been putting up some nice sectionals. 
and he's been his work has been really good this week. Okay, so a good push there for Riverina Flash, and he's at good odds as well. What is it with you and Gate 7 tonight? Race 3, number 7, for Vaux Major this time. <laughs> uh, you've put Paige on this one. It hasn't changed your luck, so Barrier 7 again. What do you do here? Yeah, look, um, I think we got four in tonight, with, and they've all drawn seven. But um, he, he's another horse that's been racing well. He was a little bit unlucky last week, but I, I, I got to sit behind him, I think, two or three starts ago, and I was I was really happy with him. So um, he's another horse. If he gets the right trip, he'll be he'll be thereabouts because he, he puts in every week, and he, he's a nice horse to sit behind. Okay, that run last time out, that was the race won by Mr Hart. They they rolled along pretty good in that uh, that race. They went fast time. It was a quick last half. Probably won't go as fast tonight. Is that fair? Yeah, that that's it. Like that last race, he he ended up right back in the field and up front. They they run home in twenty eight and twenty eight. So like you, you're doing pretty good to make ground from back in the field at Redcliffe in those sort of sectionals, and he hit the line strong. So. A bit, bit less speed tonight should help him. OK, well, that's for Vaux Major in race three. And as you said, uh, that's another barrier seven, race five. First leg of the quaddy here, Mad-Eye Reactor. He's been a, uh, a great performer for the stable. Uh, he's in very good form. He's won two of his last five. Um, is he capable of registering another win here? Yeah, definitely. If if he's, if he's close enough, he'll definitely be in there. He's, he's got quite a good turn of foot and he can get into that deep into that lane even if he ends up three fence and sprint really well he's, he's such a consistent horse like he he very rarely misses a check and he, he tries his little heart out okay recent efforts have been good like i said he's got winning form last time out he was fifth behind diego delgado again they went quick time that time yeah and i, I think i got buried away on the fence I, I can't remember off the top of my head but i, I know i didn't get out till it was too late and he he hit the line well, and I was happy with him last start, so he should do well again tonight. All right. And you picked up the drive, or you're the regular driver of Take Courage in the two-year-old race tonight, race seven, number three. There's a few here that look like they've got ability, but your guy's getting close to a win. He was placed last time out. Will tonight be the night for him? I really hope so. Billy Billy does an awesome job with his horses, and, like, he, he deserves a winner. And he's put so much time into this mare and she's sort of taken a while to switch on, but that last start, she was hitting the line really strong and I said to him, she's knocking on the door for the win, we just need the right run, so hopefully tonight's the night. All right, well, that's uh, that's race seven, number three, Take Courage. You wouldn't believe it, four runners from your stable tonight and they've all drawn seven. What are the odds? Yeah, well, I'd take seven because we're having a run there where I was having four in and they've all drawn five, so... Seven's a little bit better if you can get the right trip. Okay, I know you've got drives and runners for the rest of the week as well. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday. How many more sevens have you got after tonight? Um, well, actually, I think on Friday I've got I've got one at Albion, drawn eight, which is pretty much drawn seven at <laughs> like drawn seven at Redcliffe. And um, actually, I believe on Saturday night I have another one drawn one the second line. So. Yeah, by the, by the end of the week, I should be pretty experienced in driving one in the second line. Yeah, well, just having a quick look, tomorrow you've got a drive there. It's drawn seven at Redcliffe, and then on Friday, you've got one there drawn the inside of the second, which is your own runner, Odin's Black Crows. There's another runner there that you picked up the drive on headwind. It's drawn eight, so same, inside of the second row. So you should be getting used to this gate by the end of the week. Let me ask this question. One of your stable stars, Let's Blaze, is he back in work?
Yeah, he's back in work now. He he um, had a well-deserved spell, and um, he's come coming back nice. He's filled out a little bit because he was always a lean horse, so hopefully bigger and better things for him this time in. Yeah, he's a genuine Saturday night performer, isn't he? Yeah, he really is. Another one another one we're sort of hoping will come back a little better is Motu Cullen. He, he's had to have a spell, and I sort of got him back ready to trial, and he... He wasn't breathing properly, had him scoped, and he needed a throat operation. So hopefully he'll come back better because he, he was a pretty good performer himself and he'll make the Saturday class. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. He can follow a good speed. So hopefully uh, there's good times ahead with Let's Blaze and Motu Cullen. Hey, Jonah, really appreciate the time today. Good luck tonight. We'll see you trackside. Yep, thanks for having me on. There's Jonah Hutchison joining us. So uh, plenty of sevens tonight. So the inside of the second row, not probably a bad spot to be at Redcliffe, but uh, when you've got four runners and they all draw the same gate, it's uh, it's a pretty rare thing. So hopefully there's a winner or two for Jonah there tonight, Steve. Just with that trial of Captain Ravishing, how can I watch it or at least watch a replay of it tomorrow, Chris? Uh, it'll be up on the uh, harness.org website, Steve. So uh, probably later this afternoon, they'll have uh, video replays up of uh, those uh, trials. Not only his trial, but all trials. So fairly important session. But that, that trial featuring Captain Ravishing was the main trial there this morning. Typer, who's getting ready for the, the Group 1 Lensmith Miles Saturday week. He hasn't started since finishing down the line behind Swayze and Leap to Fame. Uh, he was able to win that trial. 53-5, 26 flat on the way home. So Captain Ravishing's uh, finished out of the money. So uh, the Tasmanian was also in that trial, who's going around in the Tab Eureka on Saturday week, Magician. He finished third. James Rattray took the drive for his brother Todd. So a couple of nice horses there. So um, a number of horses to be closely looked at when those replays come up, probably later this afternoon. Yeah, beaten 20 metres, Captain Ravishing. Yeah, by all accounts, he's made a little bit of a, an error at the start. So... Not sure what to read into that. Could be concerning that, uh, you know, he's made that little mm. error. So I'm just not sure how to read him. He's a fascinating horse, Steve. He's, he's $11 um, for the Tab Eureka. Um, I think he should be shorter than what, what they're sort of quoting right now. Just That's just my opinion. I, I think really? he should be a little... Yeah. Shorter? Yep. Yep. Really? Yep. Okay. Well, just for a number of reasons. We know he has beaten Leap to Fame in the past, so he got him in a heat of the Victoria Derby last year. Uh, this is a race that obviously he's been deliberately set for. Um, so the fact they've gone to Sydney, uh, they've got him up there nice and early. Uh, they've got, you know, good people around him. Oh, I think he should be a little shorter than what he is in the market. So, so it's going to be interesting. That barrier draw is going to be interesting. That comes up today week, Steve. So... Looking forward to that, just to see how it plays out. The other thing with the Eureka, well, just with one of the runners from the Eureka, the early favourite leap to fame, Grant Dixon has announced that he's going to target the Victoria Cup, which comes up in October. So he's got a busy back end of the year. We always knew that it was going to be busy between, you know, July and December, but they've put in the Victoria Cup now as an additional race for his program. So he's got the Eureka, He's got the Victoria Cup, and then he'll come back to Queensland for a shot at the Inter-Dominion Series in December. So that's just another race. I'm a little surprised that they're having a shot at that race because originally it wasn't on the radar, but uh, they've decided to go there. And as a result, Tab haven't mucked around. I think he's the favourite now and quite clearly to win that race. So he's a dollar eighty to take out the Victoria Cup. So... It's just another feature target they've put on his uh, on his list. Mm, of course, uh, Victoria announced, didn't they, some weeks ago that they're going to cut prize money. Is that from next year? 
Yeah, I think it is, Steve. Mm. Yeah, so they've got some uh, some uh, lean times coming up, no doubt. So it's probably the right time to go down there and try and pick up another big one. I just told the stable mate Chris last weekend worked to the front, and I thought once it got to that position would probably win, but. Um, I'm talking about Leap to Fame's stable mate after a brilliant yeah, win. Tim's a trooper, yeah, Tim's a trooper, yeah. It was disappointing on face value, Steve. Uh, considering what he did the previous week at Albion Park, he was so good there at Albion Park, probably a PB performance. So maybe that just took the, you know, the edge off him a little bit, coupled with the fact that he had to travel down during the week. So, yeah, disappointing, but he'll be backing up there next week. He's more than likely going to be going around in the stockade, which is somewhat the consolation of the, uh, the Eureka, and I think that's going to be a fascinating race in its own right because there's going to be some really quality performers lining up in that race, the Stockade. So I think overall this card's looking really good. You've got the Lensmith Mile for the open-class performers, you've got the Eureka, and you've also got the Stockade. So they're the three major races coming up there next Saturday night. Yeah, you thought the captain might be shorter. I reckon Leap to Fame will start even shorter than the dollar seventy uh, in, the, in the Tab Eureka. Well, I think he's clearly the horse to beat, but um, I think we've just got to be just a little respectful for, for Captain Ravishing. Yeah. I think so. Darren Clayton's going to, going to join us. Yeah, well, hopefully, because there's a lot to talk about. Mm. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, I went to the Ecker on Sunday night. I have to be honest, I was really disappointed because um, I wanted to watch the harness racing, f the, well, the harness racing there. Of course, the final, they moved it to, uh, to Redcliffe, haven't they? Yeah, uh, next Wednesday next night. Next Wednesday. But um, apparently the... John Brash texted me in the afternoon and said no race tonight, the track concerns and apparently there's a few holes in the track and so on. And apparently Racing Queensland spoke to the RNA and hoping they'd fix it and they didn't. Um, luckily there were still some standard breads on show there and they took them around and showed everyone off the mini trotters and the standard breads. But yeah, disappointed that that didn't go ahead there mm. on uh, Sunday You just night. wonder if um, th there's some sort of doubt on, on, you know, harness racing being at the show going forward then given the, the troubles they had because I think it was more than once during the ECA this year that they had to sort of call off some of the racing. Yeah. you think it'd be an easy fix, though, Chris. You know, I mean, they do have speed cars going around. They're V8s and all sorts of things. Mm. But shortly, you know, they can get onto it, um, just patch it up a little bit with some fill and add the water truck going around. Surely it's not rocket science. It's, <laughs> you know, well, anyway. I think it all comes back to money, Steve. Yeah. That's what it's yeah, all about. So. I'll go out there and put sand in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me a dag with dog, I'll do it. Darren, <laughs> Darren Clayton. Darren, you go good morning. Right on the shovel, do you, Steve? Yeah. Sometimes. Steve. Someone comes shovel into my bedroom in the middle of the night, I'd use it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, just uh, talking about the Eureka, uh, Darren, so um, we'll look forward to that vision coming through of that trial uh, from Menangle this morning, but uh, just a little bit of a concern if there's a, uh, a little bit of a hop, skip and a jump there at the start with Captain Ravishing. Yeah, certainly it's not ideal um, that that's the prep. Well, he's already going in on an unorthodox preparation going into the race um, first up. So um, you you don't want any hiccups whatsoever on top of that. And, and um, without knowing exactly what's happened or seeing it, you just uh, at this stage we're going off sort of face value, beaten 20 metres behind Typo and... Pete said so, finishing second. Well, they're two horses that we've seen up here in Queensland during the Winter Carnival. So, 53-5, um, home in 54-1, uh, 28-1, 26 flat. So, um, 
you know, don't know how much ground he's made up, but yeah, wait and see what that vision shows us. But it is far from ideal on face value. Yeah, well, you'd want to give the horse a decent handout, given you're going into a race with all this money in a few weeks' time, wouldn't you? Um, yeah, well, it's and over a trip ten, too. Yeah, ten days away, over twenty four hundred. So, um, yeah, far from ideal, you would think, but um, you know, hopefully they can they can sort it out. Will he be in the race? Mm. Well, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Yeah. There's some smart people there's around definitely him. definitely been... So. Yeah, there's been a headline or a story that's followed this horse right throughout his career, so this could just be another chapter. Mm. A couple of other things. Uh, we just mentioned Leap to Fame. Uh, the Victoria Cup's now on the radar for him. Did that surprise you in any way, shape or form? Yeah, it does quite, quite a bit, actually, Chris, considering, um, you know, he had a, a pretty solid... Although there weren't many runs, it was still a, a solid uh, carnival up here for him, admittedly in his own backyard, and, um, you know, he was really good in all of those runs. And then he goes to the Eureka, so effectively, you know, then a month between runs. I guess when you look at it in terms of the calendar, um, the Victoria Cup sort of about the first weekend of October, is it? If that's the case, they could go to that and then still have sort of a you know about a six to seven week lead into the interdom but um you know he's only a four-year-old and um but then again the the sunshine sprint nomination sort of surprised everyone and we saw what he did there so uh um, no doubt that um you know they 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 know what they're doing there and um you know it, it does surprise us in terms of where we thought his campaign might head but um yeah, he's a, he's a good horse, and I'm sure they'll do the best by him. Mm. October 14 is the date for the Victoria Cup, worth $300,000. So not to be sneezed at, uh, just looking ahead, uh, we're talking about the Eureka next week, but the support card's going to be awesome, uh, the stockade, which is in some ways the consolation. But let's talk about the Lensmith Mile. Uh, so we've got Spirit of St Louis back in action this weekend. We've got... A lot of those Victorians coming up out of last week's Westburn Grand Free for All. So, Rock and Roll Do is going to be there. Emma Stewart certainly going to have strong representation. Typo won that trial. He's definitely headed that way. Here locally, uh, we've got Hot and Treacherous. Now, uh, he was at the trials yesterday at Albion Park. 50.5, 50.5, I'll repeat, his winning time. Led all the way. 27.5, 29.4, 26.7, 26.9. He's going to be a real player next week. There's no question about that, Darren. Yeah, absolutely. He's um, he's just probably really gone on with it from those few early runs. He started. He's probably adjusted better to to how we race here. And um, yeah, it's really looking exciting for Jack Butler and connections there of um, you know what he does. That that last half. That's just absolutely super um, super time. You very rarely see them. Um, break 27 consecutive closing quarters. I know it's a trial, but still, um, you know, that that's absolutely low-flying. So, um, yeah, looking forward to what, what he can achieve if they head down there, which they most likely will, you would expect. Um, they've already outlined that that's the case. So um, at least Queensland will have some representation in that race. So looking forward to that. It's going to be a, a hot mile. It's, you know, it's... Um, mm some very nice horses going around there so be um, keen to see what sort of time they can run if conditions hold up because um, some real speeds disengaged.
Yeah, that is going to be a, uh, a heck of a race next Saturday night, the uh, the Len Smith Mile. And you mentioned Queensland. I think there's going to be really strong Queensland representation there uh, on Saturday week. So we've got Leap to Fame, we've got Speak the Truth, Hot and Treacherous goes down for the Len Smith Mile, and there's strong reports that there's a good support cast heading down there as well. So uh, Tim's a Troop is going to be there. He'll be lining up in the, uh, the stockade. Trent Dawson's keen to get down there with the uh, the last uh, Group 1 winner for real life, the three-year-old, so he's likely to go down next Saturday night. Looks like uh, Team Raboki are going to uh, take uh, Sure Thing Captain down. He's come back from Victoria from that Nutrien Classic final. He's taken no harm, so it looks likely he'll be going down. So I think there's going to be really strong Queensland representation there next week. Yeah, which will be great because it's a uh, it's a big carnival. Uh, it's not really a carnival; it's just the uh, the one night. But it's a it's a huge sort of one off night with those races now, um, sort of complementing that. It'll be I'd, I'd love to see how for real life will go on the uh, on the Menangle surface. We saw how good he was. He was super winning that triad final the, uh, last week. Time backed it up as well, and you know he come from back in the pack. That was a, a really strong victory. So good to see him taking no harm from that uh, epiglottic entrapment issue that he faced, and and really stepping it up. And, and um, you know he annexed now the the two year old, three year old triad. That Len Smith Mile that'll be a great race. So the other thing that we'll have there is the uh, Breeders Challenge Blue Finals. Where we'll also see soap opera she qualified for darren weeks and kylie rasmussen in the heats on monday so um they're down there as well yeah what do you make of that performance there she led up and she got overpowered late but the time was good so more than a pass mark yeah definitely and that's obviously her first trip away only a two-year-old filly they can be um you know it can be a, a tough ask for a two-year-old especially a filly sometimes getting away from their home environment so um i know one thing uh with darren kylie they certainly wouldn't travel her if they didn't think she was anywhere near up to the task so i think she just got a little bit lost out in front on that long menangle straight in the run to the judge she just um i think she sort of was looking for the post and it didn't really arrive which can quite often happen if you're in front turning for home so um perhaps driven with cover she might just be a little bit better mm. speaking of the breeders blue does that mean better be the best goes around next saturday night as well the derby winner yeah he was he just disposed of his rivals with with ease in his heat um, as he was expected to do, he's a very nice horse. So, um, yeah, he'll he'll go to that race. They've opted to uh, bypass all the other majors, the Queensland Derby and the Eureka, to focus on this as the first port of call. So, uh, building into his um, probably only a, a smaller campaign, possibly a Victorian Derby tilt. But uh, yeah, he he should be winning that race off what we saw in the heats there on Monday. Mm. Speaking of the Victoria Derby, that, that shaping is a great series there. Like we've seen school captain recently at Wagga just lighting up that track down there. So better be the best. We'll be heading down there as well. The All-Stars have arrived back in Australia. They've got a team of four horses, one pace of three trotters, many of which trialled on Monday night at Geelong, including the three-year-old pacer, uh, Sherlock, or the real Sherlock, as he's going to be known here. So you would expect he's here for a derby campaign. So... Uh, shaping is a really strong series, and obviously MSU is going to have really good representation there as well. So that Vic Derby series, probably the toughest Derby series to win in the country, but uh, this year's edition should be a ripper. Yeah, certainly should, and uh, be keen to see if they opt to get Sure Thing Captain down there as well. I know he's had sort of a, 
um, a busy season if he goes again. But um, you know, he's we saw him down in Victoria for that Nutrient Series. They might uh, head back down again. But uh, yeah, that's going to be a super thing. Do you think, Chris, there's any chance that any of those um, All Stars runners make a little sneaky nomination for that Len Smith Mile meeting? Uh, no, because basically m most of them are trotters, so um, they'll just focus on the uh, the Victorian trotting features down there. I think there's one nominated for Shepparton on Friday night in a trotting feature there, and then they'll just aim towards the, the Vic Bread and probably the Breeders' Crown amongst other featured trot races. So they're only young horses, three of them are trotters, and then the sole pacer being the real Sherlock. OK, I thought Akuda was in that team as well, so... No, I'm led to believe he's, he's still still in New Zealand. So uh, Don't Stop Dreaming should be back at the trials next week. Oscar Bonavina should be back at the trials next week. And then those other horses, I, I'm led to believe that they're aiming towards the New Zealand Cup. So it's full steam ahead. Akuta, self-assured. And Millwood Nike, the unbeaten filly, 14 from 14. She'll just keep progressing towards the Neverly R Series and then the New Zealand Oaks. So I'll, uh, I'll chase that up. But... Um, yeah, interesting. Just here from the trial session yesterday, I mentioned Hot and Treacherous and Trotters. Majestic Lavros, this is a former Kiwi. He's a nine times winner. Uh, Taylor Gillespie uh, now trains this uh, uh, Trotter. He's an eight-year-old. He's lightly raised. Jeez, he was sharp yesterday, Darren. 55-9 on the way home and won by a space. Yeah, that was a, a really impressive hit out. And uh, he looks... Um I know he has come across in preparation for the Inter-Dominion later this year, but off the back of that, there might be a few other races they have to sort of go chasing in between with him because that was really sharp, and uh, it's good to see Taylor get a, get a really nice horse. She does a super job, her and her dad, Sean. So, um, yeah, no no, um, no stranger to a decent trotter either with Kazunov, uh, a runner-up in an Inter-Dominion many years ago for Sean, so um, that sort of um, set up there for Majestic Lavros coming into the Inter-Dominion in his own backyard, I'm really excited by what, what he will do when we see him step out in a race. Mm. Yeah, no doubt about that. Nathan Dawson in the news this week as well, he'll be driving hot and treacherous, but 250 winners so far this year. So you can do the maths for me, Darren. Is that still about one per day? Like, his lead has is, is got even bigger on his nearest rival, which now happens to be Gary Hall Jr. But this is unbelievable. 250 winners. Jr's next on 164. Yeah, so it, it works out at about 1.2 and a bit, or uh, I think it was 250 winners in 230 days, give or take. So um, he reached the 150 was the last, well, he's obviously reached 200 in between, but from 150 to 250, doing the, the sums on that, he reached that number in, uh, so he reached, took 97 days to get those 100 winners, so... Um, you know, he just keeps chalking him up and he's going hard at it. He's driving at every meeting and he's driving big numbers at every meeting. So um, it looks like he, he's well and truly on track to, to break Pete McMullen's record, if he can get to that. And then um, who knows how far he can actually get with it. I think the only thing that um, can probably beat him at the moment is, is getting giddy in how many times he's going around. Well, you crunch the numbers. What, what, what do you think that the final number could be for Nathan? Uh, going off off where he's at now, so um, I think I, I 
just looking at Pete McMullen purely off the fact that he was the local, when he scored his 315 in the season, he reached 200 winners by the end of August. So, um, you know, Nathan's already at 250 and we're not at the end of August. So, um, you know, you take that into effect. If he continues his current strike rate, I think he's going to be he's going to be going very close towards the 400 mark. Okay, well that would be extreme uh, if he's able to uh, pull off a number like that. But we'll wait and see. But it's a, a cracking pace that he continues to set. No question about that. I wanted to focus on last Saturday night's big Q bred race night, Q Stars race night. So we had ten races, four Group Ones, all horses competing with Q bred. So either born in the state or sired by a stallion that stands in Queensland. So we had 10 races last night. 10 different sires were represented as far as the winners were concerned. Yeah, it's not often... You very rarely get that at all on a, on a normal night, you know, a normal race meeting. But to have it um, Q-bred restricted only, well, then you, you're tightening the pool up again. And then to have 10 different sires, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a great effort and just shows how sort of widespread they are at the moment um, for a reason we know we saw him in Queensland he's a, a former derby winner we saw what he was able to do as a young horse so he's the sire of for real life he was the only horse there um, that what you would term a colonial sire but there were other sires represented that we have seen race in Australia the likes of Mr Feelgood uh, and My High Expectations they both uh, raced in Australia throughout their career before going to stud so uh, changeover being one of those as well so um, you know it, it's a it just showed the the depth of the breeding scene in Queensland at the moment and um, yeah there were some really nice performances there across the night um, and, and some really good stories, um, backstories in a lot of the winners too, like um, Dexterous Dexter and Catherine McLaughlin. Um, interesting story out of that, um, obviously Alana Richardson and Adam Richardson getting the final there, but um, Dexterous Dexter is by My High Expectations. Now, My High Expectations actually started his career in Queensland and his first ever race that he raced in Queensland where he finished down the line, the winner of that race, Catherine McLaughlin actually owned. So it's a, it's a crazy little piece of symmetry there that, you know, we go 11 years sort of full circle and here she is um, sending her mare to my high expectations and, and soaring a Q-bred winner. So um, that was one of the, the great stories. Graham Dwyer winning his first ever Group 1, that's, uh, that's there. and. Um, Jewel Melody, um, absolutely super, takes her prize money close to $500,000 now and you know I sort of said before the race last week I wasn't sure where she was up to in her her preparation, well she was super there last week and um, won that race easily and she really is just a, a, such a high quality filly. Yeah, no doubt about it. That was her fifth Group 1 victory there last Saturday night. So just let that sink in for a little bit because that's an, a, an awesome achievement. Uh, Bernie Hewitt heading home today to Bathurst. So his Queensland campaign is now over. Just going back to last Saturday night, I've got some trivia questions for you. So out of last Saturday night's meeting, so 10 races, four Group 1s, what stallion do you think was most represented last Saturday night? Oh... Um, 
Yeah, I would say either Mr. Feelgood or maybe Better's Delight. Uh, Mr. Feelgood had seven runners, Better's Delight four. But there's one that's above Mr. Feelgood. So he sat second on that list. There's one above him. He had Cap- nine runners last Saturday Captain night. Treacherous. No, he clocked in with five runners last Saturday night. Did he get a winner? Uh, no, he did not. Oh, okay. Um, well... He's no longer with us, if that's another clue. Okay, uh, Hurricane King Cole. Correct. Nine runners last Saturday night, Hurricane King Cole. That, that's a loss for the industry. Of course, he previously stood at Egmont Park and, uh, you know, he, he was an unbelievable racehorse, powerful racehorse in North America, and uh, he's got some really fast performers down under. So, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing uh, in, in many ways, but um, that, that's a blow to the industry to lose a stallion of that quality. Yeah, absolutely, because, um, you know, he probably didn't have a a huge reputation when he first arrived, but uh, he was well patronised, and he's really, uh, like you say, he's turned out some really speedy horses and some quality horses, and it's a real loss, and I guess, um, well, she didn't get to compete on Q-Star's night because she's a five-year-old and uh, she, but previous tried winner, talent to spare. Well, she went mm. around in 151 and nine on the Friday. So um, he might not have got a winner on the Saturday night, but uh, he certainly got one there on Friday. Yeah, well, Hurricane Ken Cole, nine. Mr. Feelgood, seven. Art Major, six. Uh, got to go collect six. Five paces, one trotter. So he's done exceptionally well because he wouldn't have had big uh, mares as far as like bookings were concerned. Captain Treacherous five and then there was Changeover always be Mickey, Better's Delight four. Changeover's on a run at the moment so we've got the group one uh, triad Colts and Gildings win a quick change. He's Burwood through and through out of a Cami Best mare. He picked up both consolations yesterday for the boys uh, two year old and three year olds and uh, he's, he's having a real run. The last couple of weeks have been extraordinary for him. Yes, certainly. So heading into another season, it all augurs well for him to uh, put his name up in light to get some more bookings as the breeding season gets ready to kick off. A few foals are already on the ground, but um, actual serving of mares will will commence in the next few weeks. So, um, you know, if you haven't uh, already booked one, we'll... You could do do a lot worse than going to Changeover, who's doing a, a really super job. All right, you mentioned uh, Dexterous Dexter. I want you to focus on the trotters. So your mind's ready to go, sharp, ready, because I've got some questions for you with the trotters as well. Don't mind a square gate. Right, Ape, here we go. Right now, right now, if the season finished today, who is going to be the Queensland two-year-old trotter of the year? Um... Well, Agent Black, um, we have, actually haven't seen him race in Queensland, but he's a feature race winner So, you pr- and trained in Queensland by Shane Graham. Uh, mm. Unfortunately, um, led to believe he has gone amiss and we'll not, we won't see him again for this season, but uh, you'd have to have him up there, I guess, well... Well, Penny, she she claimed the uh, Qbred two-year-old trotting final, so that's a feature race win. So you would nearly have to say one of those. Yeah, not easy, that one. Not easy. What about the three-year-old trotter of the year? 
Yeah, that's uh, that's again another tough one. You'd, Dexter Dexter has got to be high up there. That was his uh, fourth or fifth win in succession there on Saturday night. His first feature. Um, really good to see that happen. Um, yeah, you. I don't yeah. think we've seen any of the others really step forward or, or win a feature race. So um, that in mind, it'd, it'd have to go to Dexter. Yep, I think that's fair. Uh, and, and just overall, Queensland Trotter of the Year, as it stands right now, Inter Dominion still to come at the end of the year, but just on what we've seen so far this year in 2023, who's the front runner there? Oh, um, I think that's wide open, Chris. We haven't really... Has there been a trotter that really stand up all season? I think that's what's so good about the trotters of late. They've they've been so consistent um, in sort of, you know, we get winners and um, they're sort of spreading it across the board. Jack Awatch won the um, the DJA, so he's got to be he's got to be right up there, you would think. Um, funny face. I'm really looking forward to the Inner Dominion if she can progress through. Um, what we've seen of her, I think she's been super. Adele can certainly um, get back on track and put her name forward. But right as it's, if we were to close the season right now, you'd nearly say Jack a watch. Okay. What about Sugar and Spice? Yeah, she's certainly there. She's um, she's certainly taken all before her. Especially, um, she's probably another that the Inner Dominion might be well suited by if she can force her way into the 24 horse final field. Uh, or final numbers um, because she loves the mobile start so um, she's done a super job as well so certainly couldn't discount her mm, it's interesting it's let me put my teeth back in it's interesting when you start going through it right now so a lot still to come between now and the end of the year so it'll be very interesting to see how it all plays out but right now there's a few categories that are a little difficult to sort out. Uh, just on the uh, the three-year-old winners for Real Life Dual Melody, uh, both going back to back, so they've both crowned uh, or been crowned the two-year-old and now three-year-old winners. So um, they've, they've done a huge job. Uh, obviously, the, the the relief satisfaction that Trent Dawson gained with for Real Life, given what he went through, as you mentioned, uh, huge performance there. So looking forward to seeing him go to Sydney next week and Dual Melody. Uh, just to, to get back onto the, uh, the, the winner's board um, because the season's probably been a little frustrating, a little punctuated, but uh, to claim a Group 1, massive for her breeding moving forward. Big relief for Bernie Hewitt, no doubt, and Wayne Loder, who was trackside there last Saturday night. He would have been absolutely thrilled as well. So big wins for both of those horses. They're, they're really good horses. Yeah, definitely. And um, take take nothing away jewel melody like you mentioned five group one wins that's a that's a huge performance and you know still only in her three-year-old career don't know how much longer whether um with wayne being um really turning his hand to breeding in recent years whether she will race on into her four-year-old career she's still probably reasonably assessed at a, a rating of about 90 or thereabouts i think she is so um you know there would be options for her but I guess there's still a few races that they can pick off later this year in her three-year-old campaign as well. So, um, and for real life, yeah, really excited about what what he can do. Um, earn over two hundred thousand dollars now, dual Qbread winner, and yeah, like I mentioned earlier, if he goes to that uh, stockade race next week, well, yeah, really excited to see what he can 
he can achieve there at Menangle. So it's a, it's a big effort going back to back in those races. It's not easily done. There's been certainly been a few over the years that have done it, but uh, it's not a common occurrence, that's for sure. Yeah, I think the uh, the Vic Oaks and Breeders' Crown are obvious targets for uh, Jewel Melody. She's going to have a, a couple of easy weeks and then uh, they'll make their mind up which way they go uh, with Jewel Melody. Uh, just uh, quickly, quick change. He's been able to do the double. Breeders' Classic and now the Triad. Riley Rainbow wins the Triad. Won the changeover Classic earlier in the season. Against the boys, if you had to make a choice right now for the two-year-old of the year, which way are you going there? Um... Off current, I'd probably go quick change. Uh, the yeah. Breeders' Classic um, win was really good. Um, went off at $150 that night to, to win that race. So, um, But then he, he was super there on Saturday night, so off him. Uh, he has gone to the paddock. He, um, he stepped into his paddock yesterday, I think it was. So um, he's up there at Lunchbox, Lunchbox Lodge enjoying a nice little holiday. So... Uh, he's there, Riley Rainbow. Um, another really well-bred filly, this one, out of Argyle Beach. She was a super mare for uh, owner-breeder Ross Patrick. Well, he didn't breed Argyle Beach, but bred uh, Riley Rainbow. And um, it was really good to see that win. She led throughout, did it easy, just had to squirt home. And Everart was game in defeat, finishing second there. But Riley Rainbow, um, I think she'll furnish into a really nice three-year-old filly, this one. She looks to... Uh, I think if she can just grow a little bit more and, and that, she really will be a nice horse. Not that she's a nice, not a nice horse already. She she did a super job and um, well done to Narissa McMullen. A nice pickup drive and her first pacing Group mm. One winner. Of course, she um, she owned Train Bread Global Flight to a Group One trotting win last year and picks up her first pacing win with Riley Rainbow. Speaking of Ross Patrick, uh, one of his former star performers. Uh, which he sold, uh, I think it was either earlier this year or late last year, Uncle Shank. He's doing great things in Canada right now, so much so he's going to contest an elimination of the Canadian pacing derby. So this is for three-year-olds and older, so the open-class performers. He's low-flying, uh, so he goes around this weekend in one of those eliminations, and Andy McCarthy's going to take the drive on Uncle Shank. So we'll watch with interest there to see if he can qualify for the big final. So they keep on keeping on. Yeah, it's funny how the how the wheels turn, and uh, yeah, there he ends up. And former Queenslander will take the reins. And he was a real speedster, Uncle Shank. Like we we saw some some big performances for him, and that North American style of racing just it looked like it would have suited him down to the ground, and obviously it is. Okay, well, we'll keep following him with interest. As I said, there's eight races tonight at Redcliffe. We start at five fifty-one. Where do we find your best bet? Uh, yeah, I, f I found tonight a bit of a tricky night, Chris, but uh, well, the job there is to find a winner, and I think if we be a little bit patient um, and we go down to race number five, I'm actually keen on Tracer Bullet here. I know he he'll probably be a little bit of value there, but um, it's a race where it just sort of looks to set up right for him. He can push forward. Um, Quite a few of these will struggle at the middle trip. He should do okay at it. Uh, if he just gets an easy time of it in the early stages, gets to the front and doesn't cop too much pressure, I really think this is a race he can take. So race five, horse two, trace a bullet. All right. He's 4.20 currently with tab fixed prices, so there is value there with trace a bullet. That's the first leg of the quaddy. Anything else on the card that stands out? 
Yeah, just a, an, an each way or a um, you know a one by three win place play in race six, horse one, life in heaven. This is a mare that just loves the fence and uh, she got, draws gate one here, can just take the soft trip in behind the speed and um, that's absolutely ideal for her. Don't worry about the numbers next to her name, they're just they're from draws where she's continually going back, going back. She gets to just lob straight in behind the speed, straight off the bat tonight and she'll be there ready to take her shot when the passing lane presents. So a value play of uh, win place, race six, horse one, Life in heaven. Six fifty, a dollar eighty-five with tab fixed prices right now. So we're focused on the first two legs of the quaddy. Uh, how do we play? Give us some numbers. Yeah, well, I think uh, Tracer Bullet, happy to go one out with him. If you did look for um, dangers, well, nine Gregora. Um, just concerned about his performance at the middle trip as I said as a few of these will struggle talking control will get a nice run so you could certainly entertain those but I'm going one out with number two the second leg uh, number three just rolling around I thought that was the leader and uh, can try and see it out in front uh, or if Jimmy Beach gets to the front a, f a newcomer to the Ben Battle stable so you can go one two three in that second leg in the third leg, happy to go one out here with number two, Sheer Artistry. Um, certainly looks to have found her race. First look at Redcliffe is probably the only concern, but uh, I can't see why she can't get to the front and see that race out. Uh, so the third leg, race seven, number two, Sheer Artistry, playing one out with her. And in the final leg, um, probably the most open of them. I've got number eight, Office Bad Boy, on top. Gate 5 beat him last start. Um, he sort of went forward a little bit, but then had to go back and was closing out nicely, and he wasn't beaten too far. Uh, Chasing Dreams, likely to press forward, you would think, from Gate 6, but not sure if she can see it out. Number 3, Do Little Days, throw him in or her in. She can certainly get across to the front in the early stages. And number 9 for the Swoopers, Skipper's Swan Song. So um, playing that last leg wide with 3, 6, 8 and 9. Okay, that's a, a grand total of twelve dollars uh, by my calculation. So it's two only into one, two, three, two only, and then three, six, eight, nine. Twelve dollars, hundred percent of the dividend. Yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, those some of those early races, I think, are a little bit tricky. So yeah, concentrating on the back end of the program. All right. Well, there we have it. That's Rickliffe tonight, kicking off at five fifty-one. So that's just about it for mobile rolling this morning, Steve. News coming through yesterday regarding that inquiry from Albion Park. So uh, Jason Grimson disqualified for tw uh, 12 months. Jack Trainer three months. So um, those guys have got the right of appeal. So uh, that's probably a, a likely option to see. But um, what will be interesting, Swayze, last star Grand Circuit winner, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. So... Uh, We'll wait, wait and see there. But uh, as I said, those guys have got the right of appeal, so we'll see uh, how that plays out in the next week or two.